0: So, we began yesterday discussing something which is, I suppose, the most basic of all basics, which is any spiritual journey begins with transcendence, because by implication the idea of spirituality is that which is beyond physicality. The material and the spirit are not of the same ilk, and if a person wants to transcend materialism, he has to go somewhere else, and where is it somewhere else? He needs to go somewhere which extends beyond his um, corporal being. And that's led us on to the notion of the limitation of the human mind to conceive of the most basic question that we could ever ask ask ourselves, which is, well, how did this all happen? What is existence all about? And that's actually not even a religious question. It's a fundamental human question, because whether you are religious, religious or atheist... It doesn't make a difference. Neither of you can answer the question. If you're an atheist, you can't explain what came before the Big Bang. And if you're a religious person and you believe in creationism, you can't explain what happened before creation. So both atheist and religio are in the same boat when it comes to understanding something which doesn't compute in our brain, which is limited to a cause-and-effect calculation system. Our brain has got been constructed with a certain limited hardware. That hardware can only comprehend things which rel, which function within the realm of cause and effect. Something which is beyond the realm of cause and effect cannot be fathomed by our limited faculty of logic and reason. So, number one is to humbly acknowledge that the most fundamental component of our existence is beyond our intellectual reach. And that's a, a good place to start for a spiritual journey. It really is. Because if you don't acknowledge that your rational mind may not be effective, an effective tool to, to ascend to a realm of high consciousness, you'll always be trapped in looking upon your brain as an all-powerful instrument of fathoming Fathoming the mysteries of creation when it actually can't even begin to do so And therefore we have to seek to find what is the path to spirituality Which somehow connects to my reality even though it transcends it and that's where we began reading from the Deir Hashem yesterday And he says a few definitions to try to touch onto this idea of A word which I am reluctant to use which is God And the reason why I'm reluctant to use that word is because it is connotations which stop us from a honest and authentic investigation of what what is it and what, what does that concept represent, and therefore, what I respectfully submitted was that instead of using the word God, we'll use the word Hashem, which doesn't have the same kind of connotation. So, when we talk about Hashem, the Ramchal has a few things to say in his first in his first paragraph. He says, "Call Israel, any person." any Jewish person needs to believe and then he adds in the word no. So it seems already at this point and we'll see as he progresses in his line of reasoning that idea which is seemingly a cognitive knowledge, can somehow be fused together with emuna, which is a faith, which may be transcend reason. yesh Shom, that there is there Motsui Rishon. There's a primary being. A primary being means the first. Now as we pointed out yesterday first can only be in a in a world of human thought because in the world of in in the world of infinity there's no first first implies that there was something that wasn't there before and there's a second and there's a third and there's a fourth so Motsurisho is in regard to our comprehension of this being we can say on it it was the first thing there to us obviously in other words in relation to our experience of the world, it is first, but not in relation to its absolute reality. And that's why the Ramchal qualifies that by continuing by saying, カドマイ, which means it always was, so it's not first. ヴェニツキー, and always will be, so it's not last. But always was and always will be. First and last are borrowed terms to help us comprehend it just a drop better, but they are inaccurate. So the, the, and this is an important thing, because, you know, I, I, want you, I want you not make this into a theological, philosophizing experience for you and us. Because, everyone's going to, well, first of all, it, it will become boring because it will be too irrelevant to the, the raw material of my existence. And it won't be helpful. I really think this philosophical discussion has a practical bearing On our daily perspectives and perceptions of reality. So, say for example, if my working model of of Hashem is he's a kind of God that's on the lookout to make sure that I don't do bad stuff, and then when he sees me like doing something slightly dodgy, he gets like really upset with me. He's like this this really bad-mooded, grumpy old man, that really wants things done his way. And when when they don't get done his way, he gets like super upset, and he just wants to like, sack me. So now, if that's my conception of Hashem, so then I'm going to live with that, and I'm going to respond to that. And so when I wake up in the morning, and I don't pray in the proper manner, I'm going to think, whoa, I better look out for lightning bolts. It's actually going to impact my daily living. Well, alternatively, if I believe like God, God is like this super hippie kind of all-loving guy, and he's he's like inserting heavenly flowers and heavenly cannons uh, all day long. So then, if I don't do something right, I think, Hey man, it's all good. It's all good. He loves me no matter what, no matter when. But both those relationships are essentially... Me shrinking the infinite into a very finite personality that I can relate to, and I'm going to make it even more complex. And, and this is where I'm bringing it away, far away from the philosophical realm. And something I found, and I haven't documented, studied it, and there's been no double-blind research, but it's just a recurring theme which I can relate to, and I, I, it, it makes, in a certain way, it makes sense. As children, we are brought up where a young child doesn't have the capacity to make sound decisions so he relies heavily on parental guidance to substitute for his own capacity to differentiate between wrong and right safe and, and unsafe good and bad and this happens in a very natural way in most parent, most parental relationships where mom will say to johnny Johnny, don't go there, that's dangerous. So essentially, mom is acting as Johnny's decision making process. Mom is an external source of trace for Johnny. And she's essentially telling him, Don't do this, do do that. Now imagine if you've got mom and dad, and Johnny decides to do something wrong. And imagine it's like becomes um, intertwined with religion. So Johnny, Johnny wakes up in the morning and Johnny's dad says, Johnny, come. You have to attend prayers. Come, Davin. And Johnny says, oh, I'm too tired. And dad runs over to Johnny's bed, pulls him out of the bed and says, you go to my son. So what happens on a psychological basis? So Johnny's concept of father is... Someone that if I don't do what's told, there's some kind of really horrible consequence that awaits me. So the chances are, Johnny growing up, when he internalizes religion and his father is no longer an active role in his life, he's going to think, because there's an overlap that God is our father, that, well, my father did this this to me, God's my father, so he also feels this and this way about to me. And the same Johnny may... If he doesn't get out of bed in the morning, feel this mystical being hovering over him, hovering over him saying, get out of bed mate, what's wrong with you? Come on! And it will traumatize him in his religious experience. And he won't even recognize that what he's living is not a spiritual life, but a pure psychological acting out of an inbred traumatic childhood. So in order for us to differentiate between psychological projections of godly images which could stem from early childhood experiences and real spirituality, we have to delve into understanding the mystery of how we perceive Hashem. Because when we don't do this, our default perception of Hashem will probably be some kind of residual baggage from childhood experiences. And what I'm saying anecdotally is, I generally find when speaking to students and gauging their relationship towards, in the context of Torah, if they are plagued by guilt, they are generally children of fathers who are exceptionally strict. And they also, those kind of people I found, have a hard time praying. Because why would you want to pray to such a person that's like they're always like trying to get you? And by the same token, I've seen people who have this unbelievable connection, but really aren't so much aware of boundaries. And their fathers who were like very embracing and didn't really discipline them and give them boundaries. It's anecdotal experience, and I, I call on all of you to to think about your own parental relationships and think about do they manifest in your spiritual work. And if they do, so then we can perhaps question are we experiencing true essential spiritually spirituality, are we simply just manifesting our psychological um subconscious models of superior powers into the notion of spirituality and we're really not accessing anything which is which is truly profound and grand. Yes, 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 Ben. To not you understand that it's always going to be some like, psychological like, you said it, like, way we set it up in our minds? Is it? You know that. You've done like the research and that. that's something that you know about. How can you, like, identify How can you free yourself of those deeply imprinted motives in your life to seek something which is truly independent of your own early childhood experiences? Really important question. Right, right, right. right. It's a really important question. But, but, but do you understand that the consequence of what you're suggesting, which is you can't, it means that you can never really connect to a true transcendent spiritual being. You can only ever project an internal vision. And then, well, okay, that's how it seems. So that means that human beings can't connect to something outside of themselves. They can only create their own illusionary existences so which are projections of the early childhood and then each one's living in their own little fantasy world. Which I, w- I would I would I would challenge and say maybe maybe you can. Yes, Adam. Why would one associate past childhood things something with religion that had no shakes towards religion? religion? <laughs> because because if you think about this, this is like if you think about the parental role. So first of all, you know, I think our emotional world is a very clumsy world when it comes to association, sure, meaning as follows: um, because a lot of models, systems or operating systems of our psychological um, interactions, with the world are set into place when we don't have a path of differentiation, so they get stuck without differentiation capacity, I know that sounded very for example. Little boy, six years old, and there's a tall guy with short-cropped hair that bullies him every day in school. So, at that young age, he makes a very simplistic formula. Tall guys with short-cropped hairs are dangerous. Now, that formula gets almost implanted into his psyche. And it just dives underneath his conscious mind. So he doesn't really process it, oh, I'm scared of Andrew the bully, but th- that kind of, he has more of a, a sense, danger. So what happens when, and that's when he's like four, five, or six, and then he meets this guy who's tall, and no a chalkboard has when he's 15, and he has this intuition that this guy is dangerous. And he doesn't know why, but He but he, he's very, very scared. Because those early memories slip beneath the conscious and they just manifest as feelings. Okay. So let, let, Okay, slowly, 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 slowly. So let's think about this. Fundamentally, what is your most fundamental relationship to your parents and differentiates you from... Um, I'll give you an example. It's quite interesting. So Someone came up and randomly asked me and they said to me, you know, there's ten commandments Five, the first five are between Man and Hashem And the next five are between man and man Okay, well let's go through them The first one is, you know, you have to Acknowledge that there's a, there's a spiritual power that That is involved in our lives second one is that you shouldn't Believe in the independent Power of objects, which is called idolatry You shouldn't um, Disrespect this power You should you should celebrate Shabbat and recognize its power in your spiritual system. And number five is you should respect and honor your parents. And number six is don't kill, don't commit adultery, um, don't steal, don't bear false testimony, and don't covet. So, all. so so you think it should be four and six and five and five, because respecting your parents seemingly is, a, is, is a mitzvah between man, man and man. And so I said to this guy, well, that's a great question. What are your parents? What defines your parents? So he said, well, they're older than me. So I said, well, that means anyone that's older than you is your parent? <laughs> no. I said, well, so, well why, why are your parents different? said, well, they made me. Uh, boom. There you go. So your parents are your creator. I mean, that's really kind of the bottom line. Like, what do your parents do? Well they make you? They actually do that. Um, for the details, please, it's a topic of a different, completely different series of lectures. But... <laughs> But that, in other words, your experience of relationship to your parents is: these are the people that made my existence come into being. So, so that's a very, on the basic level, that's a very easy thing to confuse with God, because what's one of the primary definitions of Hashem, my Creator? Well, isn't that my parents? They my Creator. So if I say he's my creator and my experience of creators are my parents, so then it kind of becomes very intertwined that my relationship to my parents is going to be almost—it's going to be my um, my reference source to relating to a, to a being that brought me into this world, and whatever the, they 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 gave me will be my starting point of. What creators do to creations and I just yeah you know uh, you can like, someone who's like brought up and somewhat broken home and then goes up I'm I gonna and, and have to cut you short because I think we do have to stop now, so we're gonna we're gonna continue this um hopefully tomorrow.